Welcome to episode 122 of Crack the Customer Code. This episode is brought to you by Audible. Listeners of this podcast can receive a 30-day free trial to experience for themselves. Sign up at audibletrial.com slash customer code. I'm Jeannie Walters, and here I am with my co-host and the crusader of customer service justice, Adam Toporek. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, a founding member of the Justice League of Customer Service, I believe. <laughs> Are you wearing your cape today? You know, I always have a hero's cape on. <laughs> Good point. Yes. Excellent. <laughs> so we, speaking of customer experience, uh, the league of something, <laughs> I think uh, our guest today would be a member. That's Miss Tema Frank. That's right. She's she's outstanding. She has a lot of background in, especially around web usability and technology and customer experience around that. And she's a fellow podcaster with her Frank Reactions show, which is definitely something our listeners should check out. Absolutely. And she is here to help shock people. <laughs> oh, no, that's not right. <laughs> well, actually, she's here to talk about her new book, People Shock, which you know, talks about a lot of the themes we've discussed on this podcast, H how to balance technology and people in customer experience and in processes underlying customer experience. So it was a great conversation, and I think it is time to talk to Tema. Tema Frank has worked in customer experience-related fields for over three decades. In 2001, she founded Web Mystery Shoppers, Inc., the world's first company to assess omnichannel customer service, web, phone, chat, email, and in-store. Her clients have included Bank of America, the Royal Bank of Canada, ING Direct, Expedia, and many government and other organizations of various sizes. Her industry-leading research has been featured in the Wall Street Journal, the Globe and Mail, and other business and academic publications. A best-selling author, Tema's second book, People Shock, The Path to Profits When Customers Rule, comes out this spring. Based on interviews with over 150 executives, entrepreneurs, and experts, it combines case studies, data, and practical action steps for customer experience and business success in the digital era. Welcome, Tema. We're so happy that you could join us today. I'm happy to be here. Tema! <laughs> <laughs> Hi. You deserved a big, wide round of applause, I think. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, you know, we've got a new book coming out and I can't wait to get to the book, but I want to talk to you a little bit about your background first. Okay. I know you were heavily in the mystery shopping space for years. So tell us a little bit about what you did and the lessons you learned from mystery shopping that you carried forward into your current work in customer experience. That is an excellent question, and it's really a very direct path. Uh, much of my life hasn't been direct paths, but uh, <laughs> that part, I started off with the mystery shopping because, well, the story that I like to tell, and it really was kind of the inspiration behind that company, I this was in the 1990s. I was at home in the middle of a snowstorm. I had two babies, no car, my husband was out of town, and I needed diapers, mm. and I thought, why is it so difficult for me to just buy them online? And so it got me thinking about what can I do to try and help companies sell better and communicate better with customers online. And so in 2001, I started up Web Mystery Shoppers. And really the goal there was to bring the customer voice to the people who were designing and running websites because in those days, it was almost exclusively handled by the IT departments. And honestly, they don't think like a lot of customers. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> so really, 
what I got from it. And, and then I expanded that so that we were not just testing the websites, but we were also testing all the web-related customer service. So it was really kind of omni-channel customer experience testing before we used that kind of terminology. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we would call their call center and find out, did they even have a clue what it said on the website? We'd go into branches or stores and find out, and in those days very often, they had no idea what was on the website. So the company might be offering something special online and people would go into the store wanting to buy it and they couldn't. So what I learned and took from that that still very clearly follows through with what I do is the importance of listening to the actual voice of the customer. Well, I sometimes play a game with myself when I see an error message. I'm like, was it written by the programmer <laughs> or somebody else? Because yeah. a lot of times it's very obvious. But <laughs> Yep, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> so I'm really intrigued by your new book. It's called People Shock. And I'm just curious, what inspired you to write the book and who do you think can really benefit from reading it? Well, I was inspired to write the book really out of frustration that we are still struggling so much with customer experience issues. And also, it sort of pulls together different themes and strands that I have had in my life. So I talk in the book about the 3P profit formula. So the three elements being the promise. So what is it that you are delivering, why are you delivering it, sort of the branding and marketing side of things, which was really my first career. The second part is the people. And one of the other things that I had done in my past is I wrote a book about Canada's best employers for women and learned, among other things, that the best for women are great for men too, but the reverse is not always true. Um, But I learned (laughs) that it was about people again. It was about treating them as human beings and not as extensions of machines. And then the third part is the process. And this is where I think an awful lot of organizations fall down is they they promise, yeah, we're going to have great customer service and great customer experience, but then they don't think through the process implications. So the book in, and, and I started it thinking it was going to be a marketing book. And then as I got working on it, I realized the people who need to read this are people who are responsible for improving customer experience and are CEOs and senior executives. And that was my big motivation to try and inspire senior leaders to recognize that this stuff is important and it's doable. Not easy, but doable. Right. <laughs> And I think I I often run into the situation where because we are all customers ourselves in many capacities, sometimes senior leadership thinks, well, I know what's best because I'm a customer and we're all experts on customer experience. So how do you challenge that a little bit to get them to really be open to this idea and say process again? Because I really like how you say it. Oh, is it that Canadian accent thing? The Canadian thing. Yeah, so it's great. Uh, process, process. Now I'm not sure. <laughs> um, now you've totally sidetracked me. <laughs> what was the first part of that question again? So really, like, how do you get folks to kind of be open oh, to this when, when yeah. we all feel like we're right. experts in some ways? Yeah, it's like kids all thinking they'll be great teachers because they've yeah. had uh, <laughs> So, and it's tough. And in that to be honest, certainly with Webmystery Shoppers, that was one of the things that just 
really, really baffled me. To me, it was so obvious that listening to the customer's perspective is going to give you insight. You know your company too well. You know how it's organized. You know these things. Your customers don't. And what I have found over the years, and I wish I had known this when I started my my earlier company, is that you need to bring the voice of the customer into the picture earlier. So the mistake that I made in the early days of trying to sell that service to clients was I'd go in with all these logical reasons for why they really needed to be doing this, and I'd get nowhere. And what I should have done in it is gone in and said, okay, here are some actual experiences that people had. Let, let's just walk through this, and I'll tell you what people said at each stage of this. When you start doing that, they are stunned. Mm-hmm. Uh, they really have no idea. And showing them what people actually experience is the most powerful way, I find, to get them to buy into the reality that, no, they don't know it. Mm-hmm. Right. And, I mean, getting people in the C-suite sometimes to understand that they are not their customer, even if they use the product. Yeah. You know, it's like, look, yes, you may think the process is easy because you had three assistants help you do it. Exactly. <laughs> and it's not the same for everyone else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, I love the three Ps. And let's go back to the three Ps for a second. So which of the three do you find that organizations struggle the most with? Depends on the organization. I, I, I think probably the process. Um, so I don't know if I said it the way you wanted there, Jane. It was perfect. It was perfect. I think that's probably where most of them fall down. Now, partially that they all relate to one another. So process involves people, right? So if you haven't developed a process that works well for the people both inside and outside your organization, then the process won't work, but it's to a large extent a people issue as well as a process issue. Um, and then, you know, the the core purpose and motivation of the organization also comes back to the people because you the point of the promise is to motivate, to motivate people internally and externally. So that's the name of the book, People Shock, because I think all these elements really boil down to people and understanding the human factor a lot better. And so where do you think all of this is is going? Because it feels like, and especially folks like those of us participating in this conversation, we've been doing this a while. <laughs> we've been talking about these issues a while. So how do you feel like we're we're going to shake things up finally? Or what do you see for the future of this? Do you think people will start investing more in the three P's and making sure that they all connect to the customer experience? Or do you think that, you know, they're going to start using uh, technology as a blunt tool again? (laughs) So (laughs) I'm just curious, where do you think it's going? You know, I I hope it's improving. Um, The customer satisfaction surveys wouldn't indicate that it's improving, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but partially partially that's because our expectations are going up. Mm -hmm. I think companies are increasingly starting to realize that it's important um, because competition has increased and the internet and technology have enabled competition, even in areas that were protected industries before, like taxis or hotels. Mm -hmm. So I, I think it is improving, but it's a very slow and gradual process. And honestly, I think most companies still won't get it, which is why it's such an exciting opportunity for those who take it seriously. Mm 
because it's still going to give you a huge competitive advantage because most companies won't put in the effort and they won't change the way they're doing things. Absolutely. Not really. I, I find everyone is really open to change. especially when they have to invest in it yes (laughs) Yes. especially really large organizations (laughs) yes (laughs) absolutely I have a friend who says the only one who likes change is a baby with a wet diaper (laughs) (laughs) so what I think we got to get you to say Tema is about the process (laughs) (laughs) I don't know where that comes from I say about you say about you don't have to all right well it's only Americans who've ever told me that they think (laughs) Canadians say that (laughs) I think it's that uh what was that thing when we were uh all a little bit younger, the uh, the Great White North guys. Yeah, exactly, oh, yeah. Doug and Bob McKenzie. There yeah. you go. That's what it was. Yeah, I guess they did, didn't they? So, all right, one last question here. So <laughs> if you're digging into process, because I think that's one of the interesting areas where technology is enabling process and also can be used too far, as sort of Jeannie was alluding to, how do you help an organization find the balance between you know, the, the cost efficiency and the effectiveness and the speed of certain technologies and not eliminating the human factor and keeping that personal touch and that, uh, you know, that one-to-one type of feel? That's a great question, Adam. And, and you've got the key word in there, which is balance. It is not obvious. You, you want to be able to use technology because it can really help. Um, you know, I would far rather be able to leave a detailed voicemail for someone than have to leave a very abbreviated message with a an assistant who can't be expected to take down all the details. Mm-hmm. So there are times where technology can be very, very helpful. We know that most customers now are quite happy to start looking for their own answers online. So if you can use the technology to deliver those answers quickly and efficiently, it'll help you and it'll make the customer happy. The key is you've got to have the backup easily available. And what irritates me is when companies hide it. So you have to dig and dig and dig to find out how to contact them. Or when they send you an auto reply saying, we think you're asking about this, here's the answer. But they don't give you any way to get back to them if that wasn't really what you were asking. So it is a constant process of adjustment and balance. And again, listening to the customer feedback. What are you what are you learning from your customers about what works for them and what doesn't? You know, Tema, I was just at a conference recently and somebody from a very large organization that we would all know, but I'm not going to say the name, <laughs> uh, actually came up to me and said, you know, it's such a struggle to get uh, one of the goals of the organization was to decrease customer complaints. So the answer that they came up with was to take the customer service phone number off of the invoice. Oh and so God. that's what they did for millions of customers. And no. guess what? Technically, complaints went down. So oh. they had achieved their mission. And she was kind of lamenting to me saying, I couldn't believe that's what we were we were Mm -hmm. being told to do. And she's like, of course, complaints went down, but that doesn't mean anything. That doesn't mean that they're not out there struggling and that we're not helping them. And, you know, like she was beside herself. And I mean, people are making those types of choices sometimes to get to the goal, quote unquote, (laughs) that somebody puts out in front of them. And so I I think the point of balance is so, so critical. And it's something that we can never lose sight of. So I think that's a, that's a, great way to uh, 
to really have people focus on this is really looking to how can you achieve that balance between what do we offer, how are we getting the information and the feedback we need from customers through this great technology, through these great resources, but give them choice, give them the way that they want to do it as well, not just the way that would lower our complaints. (laughs) That is crazy. What an example. And the thing is, if they're in a monopoly situation or a near monopoly situation, they can probably get away with that Mm -hmm. until they get Uberized, until somebody else comes up with a way around what has given them that monopoly. So the arrogance is going to be there if they really have a dominant position, but they are still vulnerable when the time comes that somebody else can come in and compete. I'm going to suggest a joint venture for the three of us. <laughs> it's going to be a product we're all going to do. It's going to be called Complaints to Zero. We'll sell it to all these big companies. <laughs> we can get your complaints to zero. Zero. We'll just take with, off within, all one, within one month. Exactly. Shut down all possible avenues of communication. <laughs> uh, yeah, I like it. <laughs> just don't look at social media, guys. Right, right, and, uh, right. Someone, someone listening to this right now is like Googling complaints to zero.com to see if it's available. <laughs> Uh, well, this was super fun, Tema. It it's always was. nice to, you know, talk with like-minded people like yourself. And you're doing a lot of great things right now. And I love the message of your book. So I hope everybody runs out and buys it and reads it and takes it to heart. So thank you for joining us. And if people want to follow up with you, what's the best way for them to find you online? Uh, well, they can email me directly. It's Tema, T-E, Amazon Marketing A at frankreactions.com. I am on LinkedIn. I'm on Twitter. It's simply at Tema Frank. Uh, also, if anyone is interested, I've got a couple of uh, freebies for your audience. One is if they go to peopleshock.com, they can download the first chapter of the book free. And also, if they go to frankreactions.com, forward slash 33 ways. So the number 33 ways. Uh, I've got a little document on 33 ways to scare off customers (laughs) (laughs) and how not to, uh, which really is focused on web usability and what are the common mistakes that companies make on the web. Oh, that's great. That's fantastic. Thank you for offering that. And we'll make sure all of that is in the show notes as well. And I want to give a little shout out to let all of our listeners know that when you add another podcast, not replace ours, uh, <laughs> Tema has a wonderful podcast. So seriously, uh, she's got some great guests. Um, uh, but, but, uh, but yeah, if you're listening here for customer service and customer experience, make sure to check out Tema's podcast and we'll make sure to link that in the show notes as well. Absolutely. Thank you so much. This has been fun. Thanks, Tema. Take care. Okay, bye. We hope you enjoyed episode 122 of Crack the Customer Code. You can see the show notes for this and all episodes. Subscribe and send us feedback at crackthecustomercode.com. Thanks to audible.com for sponsoring this episode. Don't forget to sign up for a free 30-day trial at audibletrial.com slash customer code. I'm Jeannie Walters. Don't forget you can find all our show notes and episodes at crackthecustomercode.com. And I'd love to connect with you. Learn more about me at 360connects.com. That's 360-C-O-N-N-E-X-T.com. And I'm Adam Tapork. You can connect with me and find out more about our customer service workshops and training at customersatstick.com. And we all know it, Jimmy loves reviews. <laughs> so if you have the chance, please give us a review on iTunes. And until next time, take care of yourself. And take care of your customers.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>